afternoon and good evening and welcome to the fancy file podcast i am your host greg the scott not from scotland and i have with me today a very interesting co-host interesting in you can tell us (laughs) nick how are you (laughs) i'm doing well good i'm apparently interesting yeah i i uh i had a thought and then it it was gone forever and that's bad when you're podcasting but then you throw it to your co-host and hopefully they can run with it oh yeah yeah. i know what you meant you meant hemingway without the flaws is, is that what i meant though would you be able to tell me that that wasn't true because you can't remember it so that's, fair. that's probably fair well mick we have an interesting podcast i think we do would, would you say that we do we don't I think if it wasn't interesting, I wouldn't be on it. That's fair. I'd make my own podcast. A, a rebellious podcast. Yes, it would be called The Anti-Fancy Files. No. <laughs> and then we can do crossovers. Yeah. It would just be called The Files. The, fi- the Files. So, Mick, tell us. Where can we find ourselves? We can only find ourselves in Christ. That, <laughs> that I mean online. Oh, we can't find ourselves online. No, where can we find the Fancy Files? Online? Oh, okay, yes. Uh, Spotify, Google Podcasts, Apple Podcasts, illegal downloading websites probably. That would be interesting. Yeah, we Imagine might Imagine be- if we found that website and we illegally downloaded the podcast for ourselves. Yeah. How would we explain that? I don't know. It would make life feel spicier. Yeah. Maybe that's why you're interesting. You're an illegal downloader of your own content. Yeah. Like, is it illegal if if I own it? I don't know. <laughs> Maybe. I don't, I don't know. know. The way I, like, if I buy an episode of my podcast in a back alley, is it a crime is what I'm asking. Because it's mine. Can you envision a scenario where you would have to buy your own podcast that you record and save on your own computer in a back alley? Yeah, like if the internet is down. And then I have to go to like... Did someone steal your computer though? Fancy file uh, dealer. And he deals (laughs) in episodes from season three. Okay. Exclusively. I got a scoop for episode four. It's going to be really good. Okay. It's like, but wait a minute. How do you know? I'm on the Fancy Files. Exactly. So, Mick, it's just you and I today. Yeah. Uh, continuing where we left off on the last podcast. We do have other co-hosts who will return. But today, uh, unfortunately, they are unavailable. It's just sad. It just happens. It, it happens. Things happen. People are unavailable. And there's nothing more to say about that. So, we invite people to, if you're listening, well, Definitely, if you're listening, go find us on social media. Uh, we There's the Christian service. Uh, but we invite you, f- find us on the Fancy Files Facebook page. Uh, that's where we're going to post updates regarding the Fancy Files information, uh, just regarding what we're doing. If we have any special guests, special topics, we will be sharing about that. And also for you, the listener, if you, uh, one, tell us where you're listening from. Reach out. We want to know our listening audience. We'll even do a shout-out if you wish. Uh, no shout-outs yet. Second, if you have any questions, Bible questions, 
questions on something we say, clarification, uh, feel free to re reach out. We will respond. Either we'll send you a message back or maybe we'll respond in a fancy file podcast. We don't know yet, but we will when it happens. Yeah, maybe I'll send you a video. Of, of you? Yeah. Wearing a sailor's hat. If I find it, yeah. Wearing your cape. Yes. Will you also be holding your lasso? Uh, no. No, okay. That's for special occasions. Okay, not fancy file occasions. Not fancy file. It'd be really fun if you showed up and it's like, and that's what I have to say. Whoosh. Oh, with a good whip. <laughs> People would be like, what? <laughs> the fancy files took a turn off the highway. There it is. We're going to wheel it in. So, we've been going through a series on the churches, seven churches in the book of Revelation. Uh, we left off at chapter 9. What I'm going to do today is ask Mick to share, uh, to share, to read uh, Revelation chapter 2, verses 8 to 11. All right. And to the angel of the church in Smyrna, write, These things says the first and the last, who is dead and came to life. I know your works, tribulation, and poverty, but you are rich. And I know the blasphemy of those who say they are Jews and are not but are a synagogue of Satan. Do not fear any of those things which you are about to suffer. Indeed, the devil is about to throw some of you into prison, that you may be tested, and you will have tribulation ten days. Be faithful until death, and I will give you the crown of life. He who has an ear, let him hear what the Spirit says to the churches. He who overcomes shall not be hurt by the second death. Thank you. Are you still rejoiced? Oh, definitely. Good. I'm in reading the word. Yes. And in a secret bunker. Yes. Good. With a Christmas tree. Without windows. There's windows. Does that make it a bunker then? So it's not a bunker. Okay. Well, we'll redefine it later. <laughs> okay. So last podcast where we left off, we were talking about how the Lord sees our works. And I actually... We might have answered it, but we're going to start off by answering it again. Mick, I have a question for you. Yes. Are you ready? How? <laughs> like, I was waiting for a yes, and there was no yes. I'm like, where is it? How important is it to know that the Lord sees us? I think a lot of people um, strive for recognition in many ways, and it's unhealthy. Um, you know, I don't know anyone's who's listening's relationship with their dads or their moms, but some people will go through their entire lives doing things in order to be recognized. Um, you know, maybe you're the middle child and you don't matter because you're the middle child. I don't have that problem. I came first, but I know people who are the middle child and sometimes are looking for that kind of recognition, but we don't have to be that. It doesn't have to be that way with God because God sees us. Right. And I don't have to, to get better grades. I don't have to, you know, learn to ride a bicycle better or faster. I don't have to get a giant promotion for God to say, I see you and I love you. Because it's not based on me, it's based on the work of Christ, and that is a great um, soothing thing to hear. 
Yeah, absolutely. And I like I, we talked about it the last podcast about you know what's our priority and what's our focus. And you talk about recognition. I and there are churches and there are believers where their focus is on to get praise from people. Maybe they don't realize they're doing that. Maybe they started off where their focus was on the Lord and they got to the place where now they're looking to receive praise, response, encouragement, whatever it is. And not that it's wrong to get encouragement, but when they do something, if there's no response, if if there's if they're not getting that level of, you know, wow, look at what you did and and the praise of men. And, and not that someone can't thank you for your work. Obviously, we think that should happen, you know, if you're doing a work in the church. And, you know, it's good to know, you know, thank you for what you did, obviously. But if the focus, if everything is that, then when storms come, when persecution comes, we're not going to stand because of that, because our, our foundation is wrong. But if our focus is on Christ, then when the storms come and it will still be rough don't get me wrong i don't want you to think that oh i'm struggling and i feel like i can't stand am i focused on christ enough you know we're we're weak and the lord knows that but if our focus is in the lord and we know that god will bring us through whether it feels like you know we're a breath away from it all ending he'll still bring us through and to be reminded we talked about he's sovereign, he's in control, and then to also to remember that he sees what we do for him. Don't stop. Keep doing the work. It's like, oh, man, I'm doing all these things for the Lord, and and whatever this church was doing, and then persecution comes, it could be easy to be like, well, maybe we should stop. Well, the Lord's like, no, I see what you're doing. I see it. And to know that, because we, as a church, we recognize we're in the body. But to know that the Lord sees the individual, it's not like a blurred out, well, I don't know who's in the group kind of thing. No, he sees the individual. He sees you. He sees the church. He sees your church that you're in. Whether it's a big church, whether it's a small church, he sees it. It's kind of funny this morning at church, one of the greeters whom I don't really know was shaking my hand and just said my because this is the Christmas season and his wishes for me would, would be that I would receive what Christ wants for me, not what I want from God. That's a good. Yeah, wish. I was like, oh, man, that is that's a, like a mic drop kind of thing. Did the greeter know who you were? No. OK, so not at is, all. Oh, wow. Sometimes I think we bump into prophets and they don't know it, <laughs> and neither do we. And, you know, it's true. I've, you know, I've fought to be recognized by peers, by uh, people in authority. And, you know, and I still struggle with that. I think a lot of us do, um, even in ministry, uh, because we're, without even trying, we're compared to every other church and every other ministry around. Yeah, that's true. Um, but those moments, and I think you could probably attest to that, those moments where we stop trying and we allow God to work in us and we allow God to really just shine through without our, you know, our meddling, mm. um, our moments of great freedom and joy. Amen. I, and I want to bring this out. 
because you actually said something that, that's true. We can struggle. We, we want our foundation to be Christ. We want our focus to be Christ. But there is that struggle of wanting praise. If you recognize it, bring it to the Lord. And I would always encourage believers, if you see that area of weakness, don't ignore it and hoping that it will go away. Bring it to Christ in prayer. There's that hymn, you know, and I'm, I'm going to butcher it, but uh, you know, I think it's like, what a friend we have in Jesus. And one of the lines is, to bring everything to God in prayer. Well, yeah. It's not something we just sing. You know, oh, what peace we often forfeit, right? The needless things we bear, all because we do not carry everything to God in prayer. I don't know if I said it right, but... That's pretty much it. Yeah, pretty much. And there is so much truth to that, that whether individually or corporately as a church, the struggles that we face because we do not bring it to the Lord. And we're already going to go through a storm. Get ready. We're going to talk about this, whether today or in a future discussion. Don't make it worse. Don't add on to yourself. You're going through it. Make sure that in that storm, you're clinging to Christ. And if you're like, I am weak in this. I There is this adulation. I want the desire for adulation, the desire to receive praise, the desire to be noticed by men, especially more than ever today with social media and likes. And it's so easy to look at what I'm doing, take a photo, put it on there. It's so easy for a church to do that, right? The whole, and we're not dumping on missionaries. Thank the Lord for missionaries. But we know there's people who go on mission trips. And the sole purpose, photos, online, look at me, praise. Look how great this person is. You know, bring if you know that you're doing that, and it's like, I don't want to do it, but I'm doing it. Bring it to the Lord. Tell him. Ask him to help you to overcome. Okay. He also sees your tribulation and your poverty. This was a church that was going through persecution. Now, it could be easy to, to think, maybe the Lord has, has left me or has left the church. Yet he reminds them that he sees what they're facing. He see, And he also... This is important to point out. He sees who persecutes his people. Even though they may seem to be getting away with it, fret not, the Lord will deal with them. Well, think of it this way, right? Would God be sovereign if there were aspects of this life that he wasn't sovereign over? Right, it's something we need to think because sometimes we have holes in our theology, where it's like, yeah, God's in control, but not of this, not of this, right. or, or, I mean, we've heard sermons where people have straight up said, right, that almost as though God and the devil are like on equal playing field, and we haven't heard them in churches we've gone to, we no, online. no, no, yes, online, yeah. yes, I want to point that out, yeah, uh, but it's like, no, God and the devil aren't playing chess. Uh, they're not, it's not 50, 50, who knows who wins, puts your, put your bets on one or whatever. No, the devil is already defeated. And the thing is, God is sovereign even over our enemies. God allows things to happen as we'll read, but he is in control. He's in charge. He's, there's nothing they can do that he doesn't allow. Yeah. Amen. Good point. Now this brings us. 
to a topic that is not easy for some Christians, specifically in the West to hear. If you're not in a Western nation, and now maybe there are some Western nations that deal with this, but for the most part, Western countries are at peace. Okay, and I know, yes, I know that there's been hard times. I get it. But let's say for the vast majority of Christians in Western countries, you know, you can be Canada, you could be the United States, some, you know, Britain, France, Australia, New Zealand, and there's more on that. Those are not them exclusively. But we're not having armed assailants showing up at our church and saying, you know, renounce Jesus or you're dying. That is a reality for Christians in some nations of the world and have been a reality, maybe not with guns, but to the point of death throughout history. Persecution is not something we want to hear. You even have some that will flat out say, if you have a right confession, you won't face this type of problem. That is unscriptural. You do not find that in the Bible, that you can just pray away persecution. The Bible is very clear. 2 Timothy 3.12 says, Yes, and all who desire to live godly in Christ Jesus will suffer persecution. That means even in the West, we're going to face problems. And again, it doesn't mean people are going to show up with guns to threaten to kill us. That could happen one day. We don't know. And it also doesn't mean that we're going to jail for our faith. But we can see in Western nations things are getting harder compared to what it was in the past. And, you know, that is a promise that we will suffer. What a great promise. I know. I I haven't found it in any of those, like, promise booklets. Right. But it's just as scriptural as others maybe we should do a fancy file promise booklet of all the uncomfortable promises oh yeah like uh if you deny me before men i will deny you before the father just another promise right (laughs) the reality is christians will face persecution and the church in smyrna smyrna they were not only facing persecution but they're about to face more if you want to live for god There's going to be times you are going to face trials, not just as a church, but as an individual. There will be times the church is going to face intense persecution. Again, this has happened all throughout history. It is happening today in the world. And the idea that, well, God won't allow it, that I'm more special. Yes, he will allow it. Because he said it in his word that we're going to face it. Now, this is where things can get uncomfortable. We know that we're going to face persecution. But now the question, why do we suffer? Why does God allow it? That, I think, is where it's challenging for some believers. And it might be challenging for you listening to this. Now, there are some reasons, scripturally, that I want to share I'm not implying that these are all of his reasons on why Christians suffer persecution. Because who am I to assume to know all that's in the mind of God on this topic? I don't. I just want to lay that out there because I don't want someone listening to this thinking like I am the expert in it. I'm not. 
And sometimes it can be very easy to come out with an answer to a problem as if that is the only reason. And if the answer, you know, like, why do Christians struggle with prayer? And then someone's like, because they're sinning and that's it. Well, okay, but maybe there's other reasons, right? Than just that Christian is in gross immorality. And that can put somebody that is generally struggling with prayer, maybe has always struggled with it, who loves the Lord, who's walking a holy life, but just can't pray the way they want to, make them feel like, oh my goodness, I've failed. And I think we've done that. Like, I'm not saying we in the fancy ball pocket. Maybe we have. But I mean, as Christians, we do that. Unintentionally, maybe sometimes intentionally. Okay, why are there some reasons that Christians struggle? And actually, I'm going to actually ask you to read some passages. Can you turn to 1 Corinthians 11, verses 30 to 32? You're going to ask Mick to read that. Can you repeat the verse? Yeah, it's 1 Corinthians 11, 30 to 32. That was for the listeners at home. Not me, just... No, it's never for you. <laughs> Running through my Bible. All right, so 1 Corinthians 11. 30 to 32. All right, they're on two separate pages. For this reason, not discerning the Lord's body. Sorry, my bad, I can't read. For this reason, many are weak and sick among you, and many sleep. For if we would judge ourselves, we would not be judged. But when we are judged we are chastened by the lord that we may not be condemned with the world okay so one of the reasons that either maybe churches or individuals suffer is could be for discipline reasons again i want to be very clear that if you're struggling or you're going through a storm it does not mean you're being disciplined but in the case of this specific church corinth they were taking communion in a manner that was not prescribed in the word of God. And because of that manner, that unworthy manner they were taking it, people were sick and people actually had died. And that was the specific reason. That I know there are some Christians that no, that could not have ha- that cannot happen. My thing to you is if that can't happen. Why is that in the Bible? And that's not an empty threat. Okay? The issue is either the Bible has changed, that that means that no longer applies to us, or your theology is wrong. And if that's the case, in both senses, there's a problem. Well, and really, if that's not true, then what else isn't? Yeah. Right? Because it's where do you stop? Yeah, well, it's, it's the problem with the whole deconstruction thing. Right. Is that you start with one thing, you're pulling on a thread that's not actually there, and then you end up unraveling something that you're unraveling everything wrong, and then you're like, I don't understand why I can't wear this anymore. <laughs> yeah. Well, I've I've heard and, and I'm not I'm not gonna say who, I'm not gonna say where, but I've heard, you know, leaders tell me, no, 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 that that's that's wrong. They, they heard somebody preaching about that, and no, no, that's wrong. And it's like, well, if that's wrong, if 
if a believer can never be sick as dis- for discipline reasons, because that's specifically what was happening there. Well, what is that passage all about? What's that passage all about? If you can start explaining away stuff, you can explain away everything. And actually, you do have that in the church where everything gets ex- anything uncomfortable gets explained away. That's why Revelation gets explained away. No, 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 that's not going to happen. It's all a spiritual 22 chapters of the spiritual battle between good and evil. 22. And then this can get explained away, and anything Jesus says uncomfortable gets explained away. It all gets explained away. Second thing, it could actually be preventative. Paul's thorn in the flesh. Paul had received so many visions. He was caught up to the third heaven. He heard things he wasn't allowed to repeat. Now imagine, this is probably, and I honestly believe this, I, I think the vast majority of people who claim they've gone to heaven have like and seen things and written. I, I don't believe those things. Not that the Lord can't give individual visions on that. I, I don't want to say he can't. I'm not going to limit God. But these books that people write and how some people are taking daily trips to heaven, I don't, I don't accept that. I don't. But Paul very clearly got caught up. He went to the third heaven. That is actually speaking to where the Lord is. And he saw things, heard things he wasn't allowed to repeat. Now, imagine if that is happening to somebody. Then he get, you want to talk about pride? Pride can, can, can get in. And the Lord, to prevent that, allowed a thorn in the flesh to keep Paul humble. Now, I want to be careful. I'm not saying that if you yourself are struggling with something, it's because God has done that. But that could be a reason along with discipline. Well, think of it this way. The book of Hosea, there's a wonderful promise where the Lord says he will torn, uh, thorn up her path. Yes. Right? This yes. idea that on the narrow way, that uh, on either sides are thorn bushes in the sense that as you try to to deviate from what God has prescribed, there is uh, pain related to it. It is uncomfortable it is not uh not fun yeah right uh and whether or not you can leave uh, is a whole different topic but this idea that god is actively involved in reminding you hey no you're going the wrong way why because it's it's not right Mm. like you, you you know right hebrews 5 8 says Speaking of Christ, though he was a son, yet he learned obedience by the things he suffered. Though he was a son, yet he learned obedience by the things he suffered. Persecution, trials, storms, whatever it is that we're going through, whether individually or as a church, can happen to us so we learn obedience. And if you think that's ridiculous, this happened to Jesus. And how many Christians say, oh, I want to be more like Jesus, and yet don't want anything that Jesus had to deal with? Now, I'm not saying you're going to go to the cross, <laughs> a physical cross and die. Yes, we're called to take, our, take up our cross daily, but we're not going to go and be crucified on an actual cross. I mean, maybe some people might hum- to be humiliated, but the vast majority 
But yet Jesus, in his sufferings that he went through, he learned obedience. And you might say, well, how can that happen to, 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 to God in the flesh? But he was still in the flesh. That is the mystery of the incarnation. And for us as Christians, there will be that aspect of learning to rely on God through storms. Because when a storm comes and it, everything is shaken and it feels like everything's been taken away, that's when you have nothing. And then you can look to the Lord. Because when you have everything, you still have other things you can turn to. But when you feel like you have nothing, that's when you learn God's power. I like what R.C. Sproul said um, in response to the question, why do bad things happen to good people? His response was very simple, and I think it's made difficult because we don't necessarily want to accept it. But he says, it's only happened once, and he volunteered, meaning us as a human race, we're not good. Right. We're not good. And the only person who ever was good, Christ, the bad thing that happened to him was in his own volition. He went to the cross and paid the price for our sins. Right. It, and so when we hear, why do bad things happen to good people? Well, they don't. We live in a broken world that is rampant with sin and illness and decay. We are a product in many ways of that. It's why our hope is in eternity uh, with Christ and not on earth. Because like you said last episode, if this is it, this is bad. Yeah. And I'm glad that this is not it. Oh, thank God. Oh, yes. Like, I can't wait for that glorified body. Agreed. Shedding a few pounds will be wonderful. In my case, more than a few. Yeah. <laughs> same. <laughs> Uh, I think we're going to land the airplane, the fancy file airplane for t uh, for today, and close up that fancy file envelope and put it in the envelope drawer, whatever we call it. <laughs> Filing cabinet, thank you. Yeah. Brain finally made the connection. Uh, I know this is heavy, and maybe this is things people don't want to hear. We need to hear this. We need to have a proper theology on this. This is why a lot of Christians struggle. This is why some Christians leave the faith. Because they're not taught that you can you can struggle, and then when the struggle happens, they don't they don't know what to do. We need to have our theology is not right on this. When bad times come, we're going to blame God. Oh, God is, and even if you do have right theology, you might still blame God. But this is an area of struggle we're all going to have. Uh, so I pray that you know the Lord would use this and open up your heart to these truths and help you with it. Remember, He's with you. He hasn't forsaken you. He loves you. So I'm for the Fancy File Podcast, I'm your host, Greg DeScott, and I had with me today Mick. Thank you. I was waiting for, for you to say. Having me. I wasn't gonna present myself. Why not? But you are welcome for being here. Well, thank you for having me. <laughs> thank you everyone for listening. Take care and God bless.